God and suffering. Now it is common to wrestle with some very piercing fundamental questions in the face of pain, heartache, suffering and crisis. The kind of crisis that has engulfed our world, the coronavirus. You see, there are two questions that would run through our minds in the face of such a crisis. And the first question is this. Why would a loving God allow this kind of suffering in a world he has created? The second question would be, and where was God when all this suffering was happening in a world and to a people that he has created? Well, join us in this conversation as we explore possible answers to these fundamental questions. My name is Patrick Cuccio from Sitam Church Online. God and suffering. Why would God allow and where was God when this was happening? The first question, why would a loving God allow so much pain, heartache and suffering to happen in a world that he has created? Another way of asking the same question is why do evil things happen to good people and why do good things happen to evil people? It's a paradox. You see, the why question is not a new one altogether. It dates back thousands of years. It was asked in the Old Testament by Job and the writers of Psalms. It was especially relevant during the 20th century, where we witnessed two world wars, the Jewish Holocaust, genocides in Soviet Union and China, devastating famines in Africa, the killing fields of Cambodia, the emergence of AIDS, the genocide in Rwanda, and the ethnic cleansing of Kosovo. And the 21st century didn't start any better. There was then 9-11 in the US, now the Syrian slaughters, uh, terrorist attacks in East Africa, Kenya, the Westgate attack, uh, Garissa University, where we lost 147 students to some senseless um, terrorists. These are horrifying things that happen. And people ask, why do all these kind of horrifying things happen if there's a loving and powerful God? Why do bad things like this happen in a world that God, who is known to be good, has created? The only answer I can possibly give to this question is, I do not know. Very true. I do not know. You see, I do not share in God's perspective. Neither do you share in God's perspective. Because his ways are different from our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. However, the Bible does tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. You see, someday we will see things with clarity. Someday we will share in God's full perspective. Now we just have a little bit 
of understanding. You see, Jesus did say in John 16, verse 33, you will have suffering in this world, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus did not say, you might have suffering. He said it was going to happen. But let's attempt to answer the question, why would a loving God allow such suffering in the world? Number one, evil does not proceed from God. Coronavirus does not proceed from God. The pain and heartache that we experience in our world does not proceed from God. Evil does not proceed from God. See, the Bible tells me in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So those atrocities, those horrific experiences, deaths, heartache, do not proceed from God. You see, in Exodus 33 verse 19, God was in a conversation with Moses. And he told Moses, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So God is good. God is essentially good. There is no evil in our God. Psalm 107 verse 1 tells us, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Evil does not reside or proceed from our God. It does not. But secondly, evil proceeds from our fallen nature and our fallen world. Number one, we are saying, Evil does not proceed from God, but evil proceeds from our fallen nature and from our fallen world. You see, we live in a broken and sinful world. That we live in a sinful world with sinful people all around us, you and I being one of them, makes us vulnerable to pain and suffering. It is perfectly in order to ask, then why didn't God make a perfect world without pain and suffering? It is very Okay to ask that. And the answer is that he did. God saw, the Bible says, that all he made, and it was good. God made a good world. So the answer to your question, then why would God not just create a perfect world? He did create a perfect world. But it is you and I who make it imperfect. Ravi Zacharias and Vince Vittel Accorded to say to have said that wishing God had created a different world is to wish ourselves out of existence. Wishing that God had created a perfect world was is akin to wishing ourselves out of existence because God did create a perfect world, but you and I have made the world imperfect. Because our hearts, our minds gravitate towards the imperfection and we participate in a lot of evil. So the answer to the question, why would God allow pain and suffering in the world? Number one is that evil does not proceed from God. But number two is that evil proceeds from our fallen nature and our fallen world. But number three, the paths of evil men and women lead to destruction. 
The paths of evil men and women lead to destruction. The most important question to ask yourself is, are you a good man or are you a bad man? Are you a righteous man or are you an evil man? Because the wages of sin is death. If you and I persist in a way of wickedness and evil, we will be destroyed. So it's the path of evil men and women that lead to destruction. There are men and women behind the evil, the wickedness that we experience in our world. I will not be surprised that even with respect to this coronavirus, time will tell us that there are some wicked men and women behind it. And their paths lead to destruction. There are men and women who are wicked behind the atrocities committed by terrorists. And it is given their paths do lead to destruction. So as we entertain the question, why would God allow evil to exist in this good world? The more fundamental question we should be asking ourselves is are we sold to evil or are we sold to righteousness? That's the real question you and I should be asking. And if you're still sold to evil and to wickedness, you have an opportunity to turn around and give yourself over to righteousness and to good. Then your path will, read, will lead to righteousness. But the second question that we wrestle with in the face of crisis is, where was God when all this evil was happening? Where is God when this virus is spreading like a bushfire? Where is our God? You see, the very question, where is our God, presupposes that God is far removed from his creation. It presupposes that God has created this world and backed off leaving this world at the mercy of natural and self-sustaining laws. That is not true. That thinking does not acknowledge that God is the creator of the universe, but actually denies that God is actually the creator of the universe. It denies that God intervenes in the affairs of men and women. God does intervene. And my prayer, and the reason why we are praying as people of faith, is because we know God will intervene even in this very affair. This view that God is removed from his creation contradicts scripture. For in the scriptures we see God intervening in the lives of his people again and again. The Bible, from the first page until the last, is an account of God intervening miraculously in human history. And God will intervene also in this matter. How? I do not know because I do not share his perspective, but I know one thing. God is not a helpless bystander in the face of suffering and pain. The answer to the question, where is God when this evil is happening? The first answer is, God is not a helpless bystander in the face of pain and suffering. So you might be going through a painful experience at a personal level, as a family level, whatever level. I came to encourage you that God is not a helpless bystander in the face of evil and suffering. God intervenes in the affairs of men and women. Scripture has evidence about God's interventions. See, the story of Job illustrates God's intervention in human life, and particularly so against the backdrop of pain and suffering. The Bible describes Job as a blameless and upright man who feared God and shunned evil. He had ten children and was a wealthy man by all standards. 
but he lost all his earthly possessions, including his children, in almost one single breath. With the benefit of hindsight, we appreciate that his suffering and pain resulted from a conversation that God had with Satan in Job chapter 1, verse 8 to 12. The Bible does say, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does God fear God? Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied in verse 10. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well, verse 12 of Job chapter 1, Then everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. What ensued was a devastating experience of suffering and loss in rapid succession. Poor Job. I can only imagine the questions that ran through his mind. He was as fortunate to share the inner scoop of what was happening. I wish he was fortunate. Throughout the entire chapters, the seven chapters of the book of Job, God's voice is strangely mute. But I'm so glad God did finally speak. He not only spoke, but restored every sense of Job's loss, quite literally. In Job chapter 42, verse 12 to verse 17, the Bible says, The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jemima, the second Kezia, the third Karen Hapuk. Nowhere in all the land, the Bible says, were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation, and he did, and he, sorry, and he died old and full of years. Only God could restore such sense of loss. Whichever way he chooses to do so, we do not know. But he always restores. So my first answer would be, God is not a helpless bystander in the face of pain and suffering. He intervenes and he will intervene. But secondly, God identifies with our suffering and pain. God identifies with our suffering and pain. In Christ, the transcendent God came and dwelt among us. He incarnated amongst us. At the cross, we see the absolute uniqueness of the Christian response to suffering. You see, in other religions, the idea of God's suffering is nonsense. It is thought to make God weak. In Buddhism, for instance, to reach divinity is precisely to move beyond possibility of suffering. But you see, only in Christ do we have a God who is loving enough to suffer with us. The loving parent is not the one who never allows suffering in a child's life. Mm -mm. The loving parent is the one who is willing to suffer alongside their children. And in Christianity, this is exactly what we find. God identifies with us. The prophet Isaiah accurately referred to Jesus as the man of sorrows, familiar with suffering. Isaiah had earlier assured his audience of God's presence in the midst of pain in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 to 2. God is not a helpless bystander in the face of suffering, but God 
also identifies with our pain and suffering. So what pain are you going through as you listen to this message? God identifies with you. He has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. God identifies with our brethren, our colleagues in China. He identifies with the many, many who are frustrated, those who are locked in Wuhan and are wondering, is this the end of everything? I am praying that God will intervene in your situation because he's not a helpless bystander in the face of pain and suffering. The Lord bless you richly. My name is Patrick Cuchillo. Please keep uh, engaging on this message through our social media platforms displayed at the bottom of the screen. I'd like to know what is your experience with respect to God and suffering. The Lord bless you richly. Thank you.